I'm Daniel Boulan from the Cal Fire Information Center with the fire situation report for Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. Yesterday and overnight, firefighters had a significant battle on their hands as winds whipped a number of fires, allowing significant growth and extreme fire behavior, not only for a number of new fires, but also in some of the major fires that had been burning. We saw significant growth. Today, right now, there are 28 major wildfires burning in California. I want to at least go through really quickly a couple of the new fires where we are seeing a significant amount of fire activity. First, up in uh, Plumas County and Butte County, this is where the Bear Fire had been burning. The U.S. Forest Service has been battling it uh, for several weeks now on the Plumas National Forest uh, just outside of Quincy. And yesterday, with those winds, this fire was able to just burn right down towards a number of communities, a number of communities towards Lake Orville through the middle fork of the Feather River uh, Canyon. Additional evacuations called there. This, uh, the Bear Fire, uh, which again is just south of Quincy, the Bear Fire, the Claremont Fire, all part of the U.S. Forest Service's North Complex. Uh, It grew significantly. Yesterday was 40,000 acres. Right now it is over. 150,000 acres, and again, a lot of activity occurring now in Butte County, uh, closer to this Lake Oroville area and the, the community of Lake Oroville. The fire has pushed down into uh, into uh, Butte County. A uh, number of these other fires that are burning uh, and that are uh, continuing to be very significant is the Creek Fire. Creek Fire is here uh, just to the north. Uh, uh, northeast of Fresno, uh, and it has now grown to over 163,000 acres. So uh, there was growth overnight. It is continuing to burn in an area that has had significant tree die-off, tree mortality uh, due to drought and bark beetle. So this fire has continued to grow a number of evacuations in the Fresno and the Madera uh, foothills uh, just below where this fire is burning. Again, 163,000 acres. Right now it is zero uh, percent contained. There's also been a lot of activity uh, with the U.S. Forest Service on a fire that has been burning down in the Big Sur area. Here's Highway 1 just to give you some perspective. Uh, This fire, uh, the Dolan Fire, uh, is being handled by the Los Padres National Forest, but a significant amount of smoke uh, can be visible as the fire activity has increased. Uh, You can go to InsaWeb for uh, the latest from the Forest Service on those fires. Now, progress has been made, though, and firefighters have done a good job holding back uh, and continuing to keep containment on a number of the major fires, specifically in the Bay Area. The SCU Lightning Complex has been holding at about 396,000 acres, containment up 1% from yesterday, now at 95%. The LNU Lightning Complex in the North Bay, uh, holding at 375,000 acres, it is 91% contained. The CZU Lightning Complex uh, is now 86,000 acres, little over 86,000 acres. Containment on this fire uh, is now 83%. Again, no growth in any of those fires. So as progress is made on these fires, we're able to redeploy those resources to some of the other uh, major uh, major fires. In fact, the U.S. Forest Service, just uh, outside of Sacramento on the El Dorado National Forest, this is where the Fork Fire has been burning, uh, and CAL FIRE is assisting the Forest Service on this blaze as well. Uh, let's go down to Southern California, talk about some of these fires, uh, specifically down uh, in uh, San Bernardino County near Yucaipa. The El Dorado uh, fire has now uh, burned uh, just over 11,000 acres. It is 19% contained. That's up 3% from yesterday. So there is progress made there. And then the Valley fire 
down in uh, the Alpine community in San Diego County, the east uh, backcountry, uh, is at 17,000 acres. A little bit of growth last night. This fire now 11% contained. So crews making some good headway on that fire as well. So again, the winds did uh, hamper efforts uh, for firefighters. They did allow explosive growth on a number of fronts. Again, uh, several new fires. But yesterday, there were 51 new wildfires. Almost all of those were able to be contained quickly, though there were several new fires, again, as I mentioned. If you want more details, the latest acres in the containment, you can go to our website, fire.ca.gov. Even if the fire is a federal fire being managed by the U.S. Forest Service, we'll have a link here so that you can get the very latest on these fires. But in total, on these fires, 28 major fires, uh, they have burned uh, well over 2 million acres uh, in total, and uh, there are over 14,000 firefighters battling these fires. And as these fires have continued to grow at those explosive rates, it has forced evacuations in a number of areas. And so there are over 64,000 people now evacuated on these fires. So let's talk about why that's happening. Well, the red flag warning that had been issued by the National Weather Service due to gusty winds and low humidity to the image of Northern California. But uh, this red flag warning in effect through today, this afternoon, uh, with the strongest winds really being this morning. So we could actually start to see those winds die off if this prediction uh, stays true. But today, winds could be up to 60 miles an hour in some areas. So very, very strong. When we have winds that strong, it not only makes it uh, not very safe sometimes to fly the aircraft, but also they become not very effective. The retardant never is able to actually hit the ground and do anything. And so oftentimes when we have these huge gusty winds, uh, we're just not able to fly it safely and effectively uh, from the air. Let's show you the red flag warning map that still remains in effect. You can see a good portion of Northern California stretching really from the Oregon border all the way down. But this has been reduced in some areas, so it's not as widespread. And even most of this uh, should actually expire uh, this morning uh, later today. Now, here's the wind. This is one of those reasons that these fires have been able to to grow so quickly. 50 miles uh, to 20 miles an hour in the Chico area. That's where, again, that bear fire has been able to really just uh, hit hard into the Oroville area. But you can see uh, wind gusts right now, uh, you know, pretty gusty. Hopefully by tonight, though, they will die down. Let's talk about the overall stats. Again, 51 new fires uh, yesterday. Here's the record. 2.5 million acres burned this year to date compared to last year. It's almost uh, a 2,000% increase. So this year has already been a very destructive fire season, and it is nowhere close to being uh, over. If you want the details on any of these fires, we have links to the Sheriff's Department for their evacuation information. We have the latest on the containment and the acres all at our website, fire.ca.gov. That is where you can get the very latest on these fires. For now, though, I'm Daniel Berlant. Please have a fire safe day. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, 
discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggression, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right, and it looks like Facebook has said, we're having trouble playing your video. So um, I'll see if uh, Facebook Live stays on for a few more seconds. Maybe I'll uh, restart it. But for now, yeah, Facebook Live has gone funny style on me. I don't really know what the funk to do about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, Facebook Live is fucking out of there. All right. All right, well, let's keep the, the goddamn thing going. We are in Michigan. We're fucking here. It took a clip. The shit was hard. And also, I think my ignorance of holidays hampered us, did not help. I did not know that we were moving on a fucking holiday weekend, which apparently made it harder to get a, uh, a rent a moving truck. And the original idea was to rent the U-Haul 20-foot truck um, estimated at like a, you know, like four to $600 bill. You know, fairly wide window, but it's like, God damn it, you got to, you know, you work the overtime hours, you get ready and you fucking do it, right? And um, nope, U-Haul canceled on us. And then by the time we rent a Penske truck, which is um, a bill tagged at about 900, uh, like $912.87, I think it was. Got to look at the receipt again. But fucking by the time we rent the Penske truck, Phone rings, U-Haul's calling. Hey, aren't you going to pick up the truck that we told you was canceled? (laughs) And that's the bullshit. Always with the bullshit. And, um... Okay, uh, Sam Logo said, I can see you in the little insert window. Does the rest of it still show the Wine Cellar Media website? Because um, on my end, it's just showing me a black screen and white text saying, um, we're having trouble playing this video. But if they're just having trouble but still doing it, then that works for me. And I do have something. Um, the first thing I want to start with, uh, the homie will go over on the Patreon, sent a message. Um, Matthew Cox over at the Patreon messaged me with a link to some really neat stuff. It's super cool. It involves the police. That's how you know it's hip and neat. All right. So, uh, whistleblower, I tell you what, a uh, whistleblower testifies that a deputy who shot a Gardena teen was chasing ink. I think I may have heard a little bit about this one, but I went ahead and printed it out on my paper that of which I'll use the other side before I um, recycle it. Right, use both sides of the paper, folks. <clears throat> and um, and this is um by the uh, journalist Kate Cagle out in Los Angeles. You gotta um hit hit up the buy your local newspaper, folks. That's one of the first things I did out here in Grand um, Rapids. Bought a copy of the local newspaper. So some small journalists they get the big stories before the, uh, you know, the mainstream media decides that they deserve to be big. 
It comes from the small motherfuckers. All right. <clears throat> and um, I'm a little behind on it. I'm a lot behind on it. <laughs> right now it's September 10th, and this article went up on August 30th. So a deputy who shot and killed an 18-year-old Andres Guardado uh, outside of a car shop in Gardenia was a prospective member of a violent clique inside the Compton Sheriff's Station. You really don't have to tell me that the Compton Sheriffs are violent or any other pigs, but I get what the journalist is doing. I'm not the target audience. Um, so uh, a, an attorney for Miguel Vega not respond to a request for a comment but the law firm working with Guardardo's family, um, uh, Parrish, woo, I need to clean out the printer head, <laughs> uh, Panish Shea and Boyle UP confirmed that they are looking into the allegations. All right, so the name of this click is the Executioners. I think Phoenix was telling me about this in the car. Um, Sheriff Alex uh, Villanueva is investigating the claims but said some of the allegations may be exaggerated already letting you know what the results of such investigation read you can expect to be all right they will investigate themselves they will find no wrongdoing i am the hip hop socialist now a little bit more um Gonzalez, uh, the original whistleblower, is one of four whistleblowers who have come forward with similar stories of the station. More than a dozen deputies have matching tattoos and belong to a violent clique called the Executioners. And apparently you murder a motherfucker to be a part of that. All right. And um, Gonzalez said, I call them a gang because that's what gangs do they beat up other people that is not exactly it you're in the neighborhood gonzalez but that is not just what gangs do especially after the uh, crack epidemic hit for the most part gangs are um business ventures that happen to also be turf hogs but then that comes into play you have to turf hog you have to practice imperialism at <clears throat> as a gangbanger that gets involved with the crack trade business side, or if you get into heroin, or the guys in Sacramento, California with meth, you know, um, uh, what, um, and induced may just be like, um, like the ESGs out in uh, South Pierce County, where they just wore green, that was their flag, that was their color as a set, and, uh, they just sold, they sold reefer, that was, that was their money, right? You know, but it, it is business, and nobody flexed on ESG territory. There were Bloods that tried to get in on there. The um the OLBs, the um Oriental Local Bloods out there in South Pierce County, and the ESGs straight smashed on them, and they couldn't hold down that area. They had to go to a, a farther, further south in Pierce County for the Oriental Local Bloods to operate. And Sam Local let me know that the uh the main window was still the website. Yep, and Laura Local said lower right. Yep, that that is what I was gunning for. Yeah, because what I did, this is how I I set this broadcast up. Because now I have a bigger office to work out of. I can use more table space and have more workspace. So I actually still have the laptop that you folks 
most of it from 2015. I still have that thing, and it still works pretty decent, but it couldn't do Facebook Live anymore. But I can do a, um, a, a video messenger call. So I video messenger call my own alt account from the primary laptop that we got this year. And then I do a screen share from the William Joseph Jackson account of the website. And then, um, and then so I can make that the main thing and have myself down here minimized because no one need, I, I haven't combed my beard like whoo, since um, late July. So I'm gruff, you know, and uh, so no one, no one needs all of that. And then also, if I do a, I can do a screen share from this one if I want to show like a video clip of something, right? So I think that's dope. All right. Yeah, like a like a conference call, as Laura Loco said. So a little bit more on this one. <clears throat> so uh, his sworn testimony was obtained by Spectrum News, which is what um, the homie uh, Matthew linked me up to on the Patreon. On the uh, Spectrum News One is for a separate excessive force case filed um, against Los Angeles County. The deputies in the lawsuit are accused of chasing ink slang for trying to impress the executioner. Excuse me, to join their group. So they're trying to earn a tattoo, and they and now what bugs me is that he just says flatly that's what gangs do. And it's like I think that's more like what um really at sometimes pointlessly ruthless street organizations do like niggas that are like overtly violent when it doesn't involve like a financial incentive or a political incentive like they're just violent for the sake of violent they do that shit where you you kill somebody and that's how you get put on it's like no you fight to get put on you scrap and that's how you get put on the set you know but also i remember um and this is one that I remember Rachel Maddow covered this, but I was already aware of it because I take an interest in white supremacist street gangs that they just they kill people to get put on. Right. Like, don't just call that some shit that just like Bloods and Crips and Vice Lords and GDs are doing. Maybe GDs, but Bloods and Crips and Vice Lords are doing like them niggas getting put on and they're joining a business as an employee. All right. But um, that's like that's what happened to me when I started this podcast and I was going to get my father Teresa costume. Um, one of the hammer skins tried to murder me right in front of my niece out in broad daylight, and that was how he was going to get put on his set. But I'm too nice on my toes, and my niece was too nice on her shit. We jogged together regularly, and we cold dipped on him. I dipped on him in boots. Them <laughs> fools can't run worth a fuck. All right. <clears throat> Now, earlier this month, the mayor, Aja Brown, called for the state federal investigation into the situation, saying, quote, they terrorize the community and then they cover their tracks. Why not just abolish them? Because it's not like because that's the thing. If other cops are putting in work trying to join this set, then that means the department knows they exist and has been rocking with them. So if you're not about abolishing the department full stop, then you're not actually about shit. Like, why don't call the investigation? Fuck it. If you're not going to abolish the, the, the department, just say, I don't give a fuck. 
and walk the fuck off. But I get why you have to pretend to give a fuck because you need your boot-licking partisan anti-Democrat voters to have faith in you. False faith. They know you don't give a fuck. I know you don't give a fuck. You know you don't give a fuck. The victims know you don't give a fuck. The executioners know you don't give a fuck. The niggas trying to join the executioners know you don't give a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Quit fronting. Why? It's 2020. We all know black lives still don't matter. Black lives matter is just a sentence that we're trying to speak to existence. It's political witchcraft, nigga. <laughs> oh, there'll be some of that coming up too, I tell you. What? All right. So taking a look at some more. Oh, so, so this nigga Al Sharpton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me see. I should have the um the gosh darn liggity link there. Because Al Sharpton was, as usual, just running his fucking mouth, being a hack, right? Being a fucking scumbag. Al Sharpton, I can't even call him a sellout. I don't think he was ever really down. He's just a careerist. Britt Cassis said 501c3 hate groups. They are a taxpayer-funded hate group. Yeah. Or And also um, those so-called rescue organizations coming to coming to rescue the sex workers. Hey, nigga, that's a 501c3 hate group. You hate sex workers, and you don't give a damn about them. You just want to put them in fucking uh, factories that collapse like uh, one of the first stories I covered in the wine cellar. But I didn't know that um, that sex workers were being rescued and put into those factories. I was really just covering it because it was Walmart-related, and it was an anti-capitalist story. I found out later when I started working with Phoenix Collider that that was a sex workers' rights story. Let me see. Where's this nigga Al Sharpton? All right. I'll, I'll just go ahead and dig this one up. You got to hear this audio clip, which I have several audio clips for this one. Okay. Al Sharpton... <laughs> so Al Sharpton is not down with defunding no dat gum police. I don't know if you knew that about him, but he ain't with it. All right. So let's load up that clip. Should be coming from Mediaite. And he's on with Joe Scarrow. Keep it and again, that's how MSNBC starts today, with three fucking hours of Joe Scarborough. Do you think it's as safe as it's been? Uh, or, or are you seeing the New York City security fray at the edges? We've always heard about the tale of two cities on the side of the city that I come from, <clears throat> which is blacker and, and poorer. Uh, we've seen more uh, in terms of gun uh, usage. Uh, you know, I got a lot of attention when I did the eulogy for George Floyd's funeral. But I also a month later preached a one-year-old kid's funeral in Brooklyn who uh, was killed by uh, a stray bullet. So we're seeing both. Six people were shot over this uh, Labor Day weekend. Kind of gross. I said I got a lot of attention when I did George Floyd's funeral. Hey, you, why you still need attention? Go take more of your fucking selfies in your little skinny shorts. Go fuck yourself, Al at a festivity in Brooklyn. So uh, I would say statistically, we're not much higher than we were, but on the ground, it is certainly feeling more violent, feeling 
more unsafe in unsafe communities, if you know what I mean. I'm talking about in communities where we were uh, somewhat having to deal with more crime. It feels more uh, in in many ways uh, dangerous. But that's because you old fucking boomer niggas left the hood. You could have stayed in and actually tried to be an influence, but you were chasing your fucking mansions. I swear to fuck, like, boomers are some of the shittiest OGs. We got some better OGs with some Gen Xers, but a gang of them niggas sold out. Like, I swear to fuck, like, I keep seeing, like, like Dr. Dre's a billionaire, Jay-Z's a billionaire, Tyler Perry's a billionaire. Nigga, do something in the hood. Like, I mean, think about how many niggas in the hood are stuck under shit landlords with shit houses and shit apartments and all that slumlord shit. Why don't you black billionaire class niggas and multimillionaire class niggas buy them shits up and provide better housing for the hood? Ah, fuck that. And the, and the fact that you have people that are disproportionately essential workers that have had to go to work, they did not have the summer or the pandemic off. So it has been in stressful areas slightly or stressful. I don't think the headlines are exactly right. I think they embellish it, but clearly uh, those that feel the worst has gotten even a worse feeling during this pandemic period in New York. Jesus Christ, so we're saying it got worse. It got even worse. Like he's, he's like bordering on populism here, but he can't do that. And I, I hear the fears of, of again, the defunding the police or cutting the police budget by a billion dollars in New York City will disproportionately impact who? The poorest uh, people in New York City and also disproportionately impact people of color, Rev, uh, with school safety monitors being yanked out of there and other, uh, other uh, police officers that certainly many uh, people of color and representatives in New York City. It's so ill to hear Joe Scarborough. He, now he's taking the bootlicker position. And, like, I remember Joe Scarborough doing that uh, segment. I ah, mean, I think it was, like, mid to late 2014. And um, they uh, they were talking about how evil Reefer is, how bad Reefer is. And not the same segment, but on the same episode... They literally opened up bottles of beer and drank on air. <laughs> Motherfuckers, man. MSNBC. They feel are essential workers themselves. I, I've said, uh, uh, and you and I have discussed this, we need to reimagine how we do policing. But when you are talking about the fact that, A, we are in the areas where that is inundated with guns, that has this uh, serious problems of our uh, people being given. Well, where do, and we covered this on the wine cellar. Where are the guns coming from, Al? Were you born yesterday, nigga? Where are the guns coming from? They're getting put in the hood. You think, now, you talk about how poor all these hood niggas are. Guns are fucking expensive. So you think all these poor ass people are just going out and copping big heat? That shit's getting put in the hood. But it's inundated with guns. And guns that can't even get a summer program. To take all policing off is something that I think uh, a latte liberal may go for as they sit around the Hamptons discussing this as some academic problem. A latte liberal? 
Now, like I just said, these old niggas, so, like, this nigga is the latte liberal. He's in the evening MSNBC lineup. Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, uh, Chris Matthews, Al Sharpton, and motherfucking Lawrence O'Donnell. You are in the latte liberal lineup. You're literally in a studio in New York right now in a multi-gazillion fuck dollar studio to run your mouth under the professional lighting. Get the fuck out of here, Al. But people living on the ground need proper policing. Yes, we need more uh, resources in different areas like mental health, but we do not need our grandmothers prey to those that are being the uh, users of products of the big gun manufacturers in this country. Fuck manufacturers. Manufacturing ain't shit without what, folks? Without what? What is manufacturing ain't shit without? Distribution. How is it getting distributed into the hands of these little niggas in the hood? <laughs> Laura Local said, more drinking on air, less talking, please. I don't have any adult beverage here, but, you know, I'm in the West, so you're always about a three-minute walk from an adult beverage. I swear, like, it is so interesting to walk into a Walgreens and just be able to get a bottle of Maker's Mark. That is fucking ridiculous to me. <laughs> I'd never seen no shit like that. And and I was doing Illinois, came to Michigan. It's right there in Michigan, too. Like, And it's behind the photos area. So you look at pictures like uh, stock pictures of what your photo could look like and also could you go for some Jameson I could go for some Jameson and you gotta love those little adorable like um like little single serve um affordable champagne bottles those little tiny little Corbels and shit oh that's fucking lovely you just grab a little Corbel and have it like it's a soda pop hey I'm watching my kid play the game (laughs) all right so that's that bullshit that Al Sharpton is on why did I print out everything? <clears throat> yeah, fuck you, Sharpie. All right. And I actually have bumpers. That's good. I have bumpers for when I change segments now. I made two bumpers this morning, and I'll be back in the factory come Monday. Right now it's Thursday. So I want to make some more, do as much wine cellar as I can. And then I'm going back to the factory. But obviously I'm in Michigan now, so a different factory. So I've got to learn how a whole new factory functions. I don't know what kind of machines I'm going to be on because it is packaging still. But I don't know what, like, are they doing small pouch packaging, which is what I do. Like the shit that you buy off the shelf at the store individually, I do that kind of packaging. That's what I know of. Those are the machines I'm familiar with. Or is this like large, massive 500-pound Gaylord packaging? I don't fucking know. But, you know, I'll bring some wrenches, you know, some pliers, and see what kind of machines I get put on. All right, let's, uh, and let's take ourselves on over to Skip the Flippity Bibbity Boo Bumpers. Time to 
Hi, George. Black Venus. I'm Dido, queen of Carthage. Fated to the underworld for daring to love. Who dares to love me? Uh, that's how a whole night can end. Well, uh, Diet misogyny tastes just like a regular misogyny. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's wine cellar. Wow, I always knew you were poor. For the first time in my life, I am paid. And some of that what you heard on that uh, bumper there is from a program called Harlots that I was uh, watching on the Hulu, and I was like, holy hell, I like that. I'll put that in the bumper. And uh, Sam Loco said, uh, it's for medicinal use. Yes, medicinal beer. And keep in mind, Joe Scarborough was a Republican. Uh, I can't remember if he was Congress or Senate. I think it was Congress. I don't think he went Senate. Uh, a fucking congressperson, Republican, out of fucking Florida, which so basically he is a walking meanwhile in Florida story. All right, but what's really important is Michelle Bachman. Michelle Bachman is back in the game. Michelle Bachman's life matters, okay? I don't know if you knew that. Folks may not remember Michelle Bachman. Uh, she's one of the cats that really uh, got her name up in what they call the Tea Party wave, which, um, and I say the same thing about the Tea Party that I say about the, um, the alt-right and other such things, is that uh, these folks... You go back and it's posse comitatus and it's Southern Libertarian and it's John Birch Society and it's the neocons and then it's the um, the Tea Party and then it's the alt-right and now it's QAnon and it's like QAnon may seem a little weirder and that's I think the only reason why is because more of the rank and file people, the people that believe what the radio hosts and what the politicians lie to them about that now they can speak up to, right? Because back then you would hear the same shit during the nineties with, um, with Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich. If all the people that followed them had a Twitter, they just didn't have a Twitter, right? It's just like, like all our, like, uh, I think for me, at least like our favorites from the nineties, I'd have had to been like uh, side eye the shit out them niggas and not really fuck with their shit. Like you can imagine if Queen Latifah had a Twitter, the type of transphobic shit she probably would have been saying on the motherfucker man. Oh Jesus Christ! I wouldn't be surprised to see Tupac going on some homophobic rants as a 23 year old with Twitter. Oh yeah, and not just due to age, but because it comes from a relatively conservative background. Like yeah, they're progressive on uh, economic populism and racism, but beyond that, you need a man in the household, you know, that shit. Like, of course, them niggas are going to pop some wild homophobic shit. So now with QAnon, it's just like how it seemed weirder when it was the Tea Party, and now it's weirder when it's QAnon, and whatever the next thing is, because you're hearing the regular, you're hearing Dave, who's your neighbor, talk now, instead of just the radio host that Dave listens to. I think I've belabored what they call the point. 
I believe I believe that's what I've done. All right, Michelle Bachman, awesomeness, one hundred and fifty thousand percent. Whoop, get him, Michelle. Right wing watch is Antifa is. If you go to their website, their material they are directly traceable to the Communist Party because their goal is the over. And she's talking about the five hundred one c three Black Lives Matter. All right, they're directly tied to the Communist Party. This is important to know. Okay, these- they are directly traceable to the Communist Party because their goal is the overthrow of the United States government and to bring communism this is into not, America. This is not something new. Antifa was around prior to World War II. That's right. And they protested against uh, Spain was one of them, but against Hitler. Against fascists, anti-fascists. They do not... And I think one of the reasons why um, why right wingers prefer to say Antifa, and when you look at Brian Fisher who goes Antifa, is because you can kind of say it as if it's a black girl's name, and kind of bring that vibe to it. That's what I think, especially when I heard Brian Fisher say it. It's like just say anti-fascist. That's what they were protesting, fascist. Around prior to World War Two. That's right. And they protested against. Uh, Spain was one of them, but against Hitler. Right. And they were communists. They were Bolsheviks. They were. And, and the German game. No, they didn't have. You don't. That's the thing. You don't have to be something to be against something. All right. Like uh, I'm against racism, and I'm also an economic progressive that is um, against patriarchy. And the next black man next to me over here will also be against racism, but he's pro patriarchy. We're both still against the same thing. Like, they don't have to be a communist to be against the fascist. And Jan Loco in the uh, comment section said, wacky eyes. Michelle Bachman, yeah, who knows what direction she was looking in at any... She was like a snail. Like, where the fuck are you looking? And trying to find... And, and, does, and I think she has dual citizenship, too. Uh, with, um... I can't remember if it's Sweden or Switzerland. Because her uh, her husband Marcus Bachman is uh, from out there. They were, and they, and it was German gangs, and they have like you said, and just like Black Lives Matter, this is not a new movement either. These on the website, these are transgender Marxists, transgender Black Marxists. I love that. Tran- like, I I don't think I had time to do it yet, but I did isolate that audio, but I don't think I have it in the soundboard yet. But yeah, I, I, I love that shit. These are transgender black Marxists. Yeah, we don't have a beef with that. That's not an insult over here. Not a new movement either. These on the website, these are transgender Marxists, transgender black Marxists who are seeking to overthrow the United States and the dissolution of the traditional family. You know, I, I, again, I don't have a problem with transgender black Marxists that are seeking to overthrow the United States and the dissolution of the, what is this? Hold on. What was that one? Gender Marxists, transgender black Marxists who are seeking to overthrow the United States and the dissolution of the traditional family. And the dissolution of the traditional family. Indeedly do neighbor. Where else are you going with this, Michelle? What people need to understand is that 103 years ago, there were no communist countries in this world, but this same idea where you have a pretext, you create something like right now, the pretext in America 
race wars, mm -hmm. that we're seeing race wars on America's streets. What this is is a cover to really race wars on American streets. Um, didn't that nigga Kyle Rittenhouse clap some white folks? Wasn't Heather Heyer white? Like, they're murdering people that are against fascism. They're murdering people that they see to the left of them. These right-wingers, they're not just going after black people. They're murdering who they also see as race traitors, which is why I remember why that website was up, um, Colfax. Remember that? C-O-A-L-F-A-X, Colfax.com. And it was... um to point out um, white women that had been in relationships with black men, and that was called the cold fact. And, and what that is, is to, um, to make you uh, disposable, to signal to other white people that this one is okay to kill. And then also, so if you're gathered in one of those, well, then you've sided with the niggers and you're okay to kill. And I've argued this before, that you young white protesters out there, what you should definitely... Watch how right-wing radio hosts and TV hosts talk about you. Because I noticed when they started calling you thugs, they're calling you niggers. I pointed this out on the program before on an old morning wine cellar, I think a Wednesday. They are calling you niggers when they do that. And when white people are telling other white people that you, the young person out there protesting against police murder and brutality, when they're saying you're a nigger, they're saying open season on those ones, on that one. You can go ahead, hit them with the car, murk them, and that's not new shit. You know, I was um I was recently listening to an episode of Stuff You Missed in History class, and they were talking about how um how Nigerian women were protesting undue taxes by the British and the the white people, obviously to their political, socio political right at that time, they had cars. And they started running over protesters with their fucking cars. They've been weaponizing these fucking cars. Ugh. Tangentially speaking, Michelle Bachman, keep going. About communism and a communist takeover. It happened in communist China. It happened in Venezuela countries. What people need to understand. I am the hip socialist. Okay. And the viewers is that we currently right now are. A situation where communists are trying to come in and take over America. You say, our little overheated, isn't this melodramatic? This is exactly what a communist revolution looks like. Mm. They think they're going to do it by electing Joe Biden and then once... And, okay, and again, right there, Democrats, you hear how the Republicans talk about you. They're telling you that you're the same thing. They're telling their audience that you're the same thing as Antifa, that you're a communist, that they're voting for Joe Biden because he's a communist. And what were the Democrats saying? We can't nominate Bernie because the right wing is going to scream that he's a socialist. You mean that thing they did the whole time Barry Hussein's capitalist ass was in fucking office? Let me check my decibels. I, hear, I, I can feel myself raising my voice. I'm yelling. I'm in the townhouse. Damn it, I can yell. Okay. Oh, jeepers, creepers, and chimney sweepers. Let me take a look at the comments section over here. Uh, Jan Loco, Panthers, Commies. Yes, they gosh darn were, weren't they? Huey P. Newton and all them fellers, they were. And that's why little fuckers like me were able to eat a free little square slice of alleged pizza every day with some uh, carn on the side. And if I had 50 cents in my pocket, I could get a big old cookie. 
Let's take a look. Uh, okay, no one's on the phone line, but I barely ever push the blog talk anymore. I, I want to join Black YouTube. That is something I damn sure want to do. Like, I've watched enough Black YouTube. I get the business model. <laughs> and I want to get in on those conversations because most of Black YouTube is fairly conservative. I think we need more progressive, uh, populist Black YouTubers. All right. Uh, Michelle Bachman. She needs to keep bringing the heat. Joe Biden they think that these Davos-Switzerland meetings that go on, they think what they're going to do is have the United States economy collapse, move to a digital currency globally, and then we move into a global-type government. I mean, okay, so I, I'm a lefty. I'm in lefty echo chambers, and I have not heard these conversations that we are trying to digitize into a, a one what I'm telling you Michelle Bach would still have it she still got the right wacky right wing talking points together and I'm telling you right now if you go if you get something like a John Birch Society newsletter or um or read Claire Connor's book wrapped in the flag you're gonna see that same shit but we call Michelle Bachman tea party nah nigga and again, you can go back and check Rush Limbaugh archives. That's why Rush Limbaugh got lampooned in the by Mike Judge in the show Beavis and Butthead back in 1994 and 1995 because they were saying the same shit. We just call them different names. Hell, I missed one when I was ranting earlier. And uh, going starting in 1980, they were calling themselves the moral majority when we know good and goddamn well they're the vocal minority. They're just small and loud. The right wing is a bunch of motherfucking political chihuahuas. Revolution like mm. they think they're going to do it by electing Joe Biden. And then once Joe Biden elected, they think that these meetings that go on, they think what they're going to do is have the United States economy collapse, move to a digital currency globally. And then we move into a global type government. Sorry. I mean, it's are, but that's where these people, this is their goal. It's very. And I also point out, like, um, some folks may not be picking up on that. When they, as soon as you hear a right winger throw out the word global, start sniffing for the anti-Semitism. Because when they say globalism, they're not talking about it the way we talk about it, right? Like, I'm um, thinking of the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. Where they're talking about the world getting smaller and the um, the British uh, trading company taking over too much territory, like that's like that movie almost damn near points like the beginning of capitalism being globalism. All that free trade shit, that NAFTA shit, North American Free Trade Agreement (TPP), Trans-Pacific Partnership (TIP). Um, Jesus Christ, uh, Trans uh, Trade uh, TPI Trans. Trans Promotion Authority, I think it was, where they have to, where they can't debate the TPP, they just have to immediately vote on it, that type of shit. And then also, keep in mind, like, there's a reason why I was born on this continent with the name William. Why the fuck was I born on a continent with the name William? Transatlantic slave what? Slave trade. It's trade deal shit, nigga. It's all capitalism. You know, but these people, they're but it's the Jews. <laughs> That's the, it's not just Alex Jones, folks. 
it's the right wing in general. Alex Jones is just more of a comedian about it. Prophetic, actually. Oh, it, it lines up with scripture. For people who know their Bible, sure. this is exactly what the prophets told us, you know, 2,000 years ago. Happened. And the prophets long to live in the days that we live in. They long to see these days. But we're here in these days, and what we need to remember is that perfect love casts out because that's what they want to bring to America's streets, homes, and hearts, fear. So we stand up. And it's it's cutting up a bit, low-quality video from Right Wing Watch. Thanks a lot. Not Right Wing Watch. They work hard. No beef with them. But fucking, um, she's saying that, I think she's arguing that we're closer to end times and the prophets would want this. And they're saying that these people are trying to bring fear. Now, people casually just lie and sell the bullshit. Again, why are they out there protesting? Because police are murdering people. And if you are indeed a people and you see that the police murdered another people, you're like, whoa, I'm a people. And apparently the police might murder me, too. I'm scared. I want to protest against this. I want my government that my tax dollars pay for that I'm pretty sure represents me to make them stop doing that because I'm scared. But then Michelle Bachman's ass will sit up here on this motherfucking show and be like, they're trying to make us scared. Nigga, make you scared. The right wing is the one with the fucking, with the hits, with the kills, right? Like I heard Anna Kasparian said that bullshit on the uh, the Young Turks recently. I think it was the um the Tuesday episode from this week. Uh, right now it's uh, September 10th, 2020, uh, Thursday, uh, 12.55 in the p.m. I'm hungry. Um, yeah, uh, and everybody always, when they're talking about the protests and the counter-protests, they're like, I don't, I don't condone violence on both sides. What's this violence on both sides shit? A nigga punched Richard Spencer four years ago? Nigga, fall back. <laughs> and like, these, like, again, we mentioned, niggas, niggas is driving cars through shits, murdered Heather Heyer. Police are driving cars the fuck into people. I covered it out in Seattle. The the um the light skinned black bootlicker nigga uh drove the fucking car into the the protesters and murdered them. Like which side has the body count? Who's doing the killing? There is there is no violence on both sides. Shit, there's violence being done by one side to another. On the word of God, the Bible, and we say Satan flee. We're gonna. St- on the truth of God. And so that's why now more than ever, between now and the election, what we need to do is pray and cry out to Almighty God and ask for His protection Amen. over America and to speak in this election. With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concerns. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. Man, that's racism. Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion. I'm just pro-restriction. 
The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. Diet misogyny tastes just like a regular misogyny. Ah, big thanks to the young people. All right, young, y- young, young white kids coming through helping out the goddamn wine cellar. Um, uh, uh, some of those vocals that you heard there um, at the end, that was Parker Hampton, my uh, little white nigga out in Washington State, came on the program uh, once. We kicked it for a little bit. You know, n- niggas is busy. Parker Hampton's out there working full time. You know how it is. And um, you also heard uh, Laura Loco from out there in Australia coming through holding it down. Still use those vocals for the uh, diet misogyny. And that part that you're hearing where um, someone's saying, say it loud, and then someone else says, I'm black and I'm proud, that's from a movie called called Players Club from um, 1998. Um, Players Club uh, produced by Ice Cube. And it's, uh, it's like a BDSM thing. And it just happens to be a cop party, but the uh, the woman is the dom, and she's a light-skinned black woman, and she's paddling a cop on his behind and telling him, say it loud, and he's saying, I'm black and I'm proud. And then, you know, and she's she gets to whooping on him, and everyone has a good time. <clears throat> All right, so just so you know what you're listening to from my little soundboard, from my little bumpus. All right, so. I would like to screen share with you again a bloke by the name of Mark Bloody Taylor. And this is also coming off of a uh, rightwingwatch.org, which um, uh, the wine cellar kicked over 20 bucks to him this year. And I think the wine cellar will just start doing that every year. Uh, right wing watch and, um, and democracy. Now those two in particular because they're just good and they and they really are um, listener funded and I am a listener so I needs to be funding you know what I'm talking I think you can dig it all right so it, and it's coming out of the wine solo media fund so really it's us collectively funding right so that the pro so that we can play our part in those programs and those websites being socialized collectivized and socialized. Sam Loco said you can have my vocals for free anytime you need a Brit radio voice. I goddamn do. And of course, I'm one of those tacky Americans. You don't even really have to do anything other than be British. And I'm thoroughly amused. Like one I really want, like um, I'd love to see a, a British person giving a cat some catnip and say, you want a bit a nippy? You know, I, I'd love that. That that. That would just give me the giggle shit all day long. <laughs> all right. Mark Taylor is going to tell you how Black Lives Matter works. Okay. Mark Taylor is a white man. He knows what he's talking about. Don't doubt him. All these kids you're seeing in the streets, the MK Ultra, it only takes like an hour. They have it down to an art. They have it down to a science. They will fragment your mind into a 100 pieces. All right. I don't know if you knew this. But these kids will fragment your mind into a hundred pieces. It only gets better in this minute and 53 seconds. And each piece 
is separated with a wall, a disassociative wall of amnesia. So they can program each piece. The programming's in you. She said, when you see Hillary or the Queen wearing purple, that's end of the world programming. If they're wearing green, it means this. If they put out something in uh, verbatim, like on Twitter, it activates the codes. Some may be assassination codes. All right, assassination codes. ACAB. ACAB. All right, activating assassination codes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Some may be other codes. She says the, all these teachers are doing it in daycare. They're doing elementary, junior high, high school, churches, or see. I know, I know that's what I do. All right, those daycare kids are, um, <laughs> you know, they tune into the wine cellar, and I give them the assassination codes, and then the daycare kids, they broadcast that out to California, and that's actually what made Christopher Dorner go off. That's, it was MK Ultra, and I started doing this back when I was in a 34 waist. So it was actually a Slim K Ultra, all right? I'm a 36 waist now, folks. I like bacon on my burger. That's how I live. And Sam Loco said, uh, update for free, except I'll need someone of, uh, of that mind fragmentation, please. <laughs> mind fragmentation. And again, like, and why are you hearing this? I mean, you, you, if, if, if the video is really small, but if you go on rightwingwatch.org, and I can, I can link it as well, and I downloaded this, I can re-upload it too. Um, their shit is like my shit. This is just some fucking guy in the room of his house. This is not someone who's vetted and in a studio and has a specific recording budget that is allotted to him by professional business, you know, with an office, with a secretary, with a fucking director, you know, no, they don't have that. This is the person who listens to Alex Jones, the person who listens to Rush Limbaugh, who listens to, um, oh, who's that motherfucker out in California? He's like a, he's like a, I shit you not, he's a fascist Jewish PhD holding animal rights activist. Michael Savage, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> a fascist Jewish PhD holding animal rights activist. He's an interesting guy. Whew. And Jan Loco and, and Laura Loco in the comments section, daycare commies. I swear to fuck, that'll be the book club for kids. <laughs> we expand wine cellar uh, right now. Punk ass book jockeys as adults, daycare commies as kids. All right. And I and I really and there is a book from a blogger out called Your Fat Friend, and I definitely want to get the audio book when that drops. And Laura Loco said the uh, the wait list is in all red ink. That's because you can't red scare these kids anymore. Not even the daycare commies. They're not happening. Doing it. If you put, they're doing elementary, junior high, high school, churches are doing it. If you put your kids in daycare. I, I, listen, churches. I like that. I like that the churches are getting in on this. They're doing something other than fucking measles outbreaks. It is mind numbing. She confirmed so many things that the Lord was showing me that was going on. Now, the, all these guys in the streets. This is why they can't be reasoned with. You see, Rand Paul trying to reason with these guys. Oh, 
Rand Paul, Rand Paul can't even reason with his neighbor's fist. Oh. It wasn't. It was. Uh, but, you, but you can't even talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. That's what Rand Paul was trying to say. You can't even reason with these guys. You can't reason with someone that's been mind controlled. Do you notice the guys in the streets with the umbrellas? Yes. Yeah. Those are their handlers, brother. Yeah. Holy shit! I don't know if you knew this, but the protesters in the streets have handlers. I I want to know where I can, can I buy one of these handlers. You know, I think I think I I need to be handled. Y'all hear me going off on the podcast? I'd be bugging. I need handlers. I've often that, thought that. Yeah. That activates the programming, as she said. What that does, the the umbrella reminds them and activates the violence programming, saying that if you don't get violent, we will activate the tormenting spirits that we have placed in you to torment you until you do. All right. And that's what I do. If you've ever tuned into this program, you have to realize, like, that's why I play those hip-hop instrumentals, right? It's to gangsterfy you from within. And then, so now, once you have been gangsterfied from within by listening to this podcast, when you see a cop, if you don't act on that gangsterism with which I have possessed to be, then I will torment you. All right? These are the facts. Oh, that, that was the whole clip. All right. Now, from the same host, Mark Taylor, I actually have a wee bitty bit more. And I did make a timestamp on it because it's around 26 minutes. And um, again, these are these are white men. You won't you will not. Disres- there's no disrespecting white men on this program. We've never done that. We never would do that unless they're naked again. And there's vodka involved. Then we get a little judgy. So why do we even need to say Black Lives Matter? Because in much of American history to this day, many Black Americans feel their lives haven't mattered. All right. So, so this, this cat is coming in nuanced. He's saying there's a reason why they have to say Black Lives Matter. Because for much of the time, Black folks have felt like their lives haven't mattered. It's a feeling. So I said, let's shout it from the rooftop. Yes, Black Lives Matter. But the BLM movement, we separate ourselves from all right. So he agree. He's saying he agrees with the sentence. Black Lives Matter. Shout it from the rooftops. But, yo, fuck that group. You know, and if you heard Michelle Bachman talking about that group, you know what the deal is. All right. These are black transgender Marxists. Now that this has grown into a national phenomenon, we've opened it up even more. I don't even refer to them as the Black Lives Matter movement. I just call them BLM. I'm not even going to dignify the, the sentence Black Lives Matter. With- oh, now he can't dignify the, the sentence Black Lives Matter. And I've been thinking about making a post about what Black Lives Matter is as a sentence and why people react to it the way they do. So now he can't dignify it anymore. He just can't. Let me widen this out a wee bitty boo. So I said, let's shout it from the rooftop. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but the BLM movement, we separate ourselves from. Now that this has grown into a national phenomenon, we've opened it up even more. I don't even refer to them as the Black Lives Matter movement. I just call them BLM. I'm not even going to dignify the sentence Black Lives Matter with their movement. Uh, When you go to the website, of course, you notice that the three founders are all radical feminists. Oh, Radical feminists that say, hey, could you, like, not shoot us? I, I, I get it. That, that, that is fucking radical. That's a little out there. 
You're asking for a lot there, ladies. Uh, admittedly trained Marxists. Two of them openly identify as queer. Trained Marxists and two of them openly identify as queer. That's that old school shit, too. Like, to my understanding, like, I, I say someone is out if they're out. Right? Like, oh, that's that's the homie cuz is gay. Cuz 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 is out, you know, they're chilling. You know. And, and and it's like that. But like I remember hearing that shit coming up with somebody would be like, they're openly gay. Which is like that, like I think that, that choice of language comes from thinking it's wrong and that they're admitting to something. Like, didn't he just say they're admitted Marxist, right? Because it's something wrong that you're not supposed to be. And Sam Loco in the comment section said, uh, wait, was Rihanna actually um, twirling that, uh, that umbrella? Oh, Jesus Christ. I, sir. <laughs> that's how if you think about it that's what Rihanna's been doing the whole time right she came in doing that damn umbrella thing right and then and w- when did she come in what Rihanna's like 2005 2006 around then and then what shortly happened after that Sean Bell right and then people are protesting for Sean Bell. Then, um, and then after that, Rihanna g- stays in the game, drops more hit records, and then folks are out there marching for uh for Trayvon Martin. You see how this happens? This is how it happens. And then what 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 comes along with that? Around the same time, a little before Trayvon Martin, Occupy Wall Street. And where's Wall Street? New York. Where's Jay-Z from? New York. Who put Rihanna in the game? Jay-Z. This is a Jay-Z New York Marxist Wall Street umbrella revolution. I'm sure of it. Jan Loco said, how do you notice a radically trained queer feminist? Oh, when they're, um, when they're drop-kicking Rottweilers in combat boots. That's how I spot them. Soon as that, there's one outside doing it right now. Hey, hey, hey! You queer feminist, stop it! Queer feminists out there drop kicking Rottweilers. I won't have it. All of your viewers know by now that they have openly said we want to disrupt the Western nuclear family. When I dug into the statement even further, I noticed strikingly that the word father never occurred once. Mother isn't mentioned, parents are mentioned, but father never once. And no. I mean, if you may have noticed, a lot of the fathers end up dead or in jail. Like, um, so many get murdered, I tend to forget them, but there, a Philando Castile, that was a father right there, and they murdered cuz right in front of the children. You know, cuz they got hit seven times in the back. That was a father right there. What do you think Eric Garner was? Eric Garner was a father. You murder the fathers. That's why they're not there. So we can't talk about protecting people you've already killed. Fool. Then, more recently, it surfaced that uh, some of the leaders in the movement talk about calling out spirits of the dead when they say, say his name. Oh, yes. This is why I grabbed the clip. I wanted to build up to that. 
they are calling on spirits of the dead. So just know that every time you say his name or say her name or say their name, you are conjuring and calling up spirits of the motherfucking dead. Dug into the statement even further, I noticed strikingly that the word father never occurred once. Mother isn't mentioned, parents mentioned, but father never once. And then more recently, it surfaced that uh, some of the leaders in the movement talk about calling on spirits of the dead when they say, say his name, you know, say George Floyd or, or, or say this name. When, when you say the name, you're, you're also calling on the person to come forth for those spirits to come forth and empower the movement. So it's basically witchcraft. All right. These are queer, black, transgender, Marxist. They're radical and they practice witchcraft when they say someone's name. I don't know if you knew this, but if you tune into the wine cellar, if you don't know, now you know. I don't quote Biggie a lot. And you think this whole thing is very Jezebelic in that regard. And they're Jezebelic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. These fucking guys. In terms of joining together radical feminism, uh, attack on gender, attack on family structure. Look, you saw how he stumbled there? He didn't even know what kind of hate-mongering he wanted to do next. Just, I, it's, these whores! I recommend, I, I recommend that. When, 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 if you're a white male misogynist and you're running out of words, you, you guys are incredibly good at yelling the word whore. I don't know why white men got so much practice with that word. Whore! Like, that one's always coming. Sure, emasculating men, and then you bring in the appeal to the spirits of the dead. So I have been warning people for months, separate from the movement. It is anarchist. It is antichrist. Do not get, show, show your... I'm trying to follow this. Anarchist, antichrist, witchcraft practicing, queer, black, transgender, radical, feminist, Marxist that want to um, overthrow America and cause the dissolution of the family and they don't mention fathers. Okay. Solidarity with black friends in different ways where you see injustice confronted but separate from the movement. And we began to warn about this. Not long after that, they started burning Bibles in Portland. And I tweeted, okay, not what's next, but who's next. Sure enough, next weekend they tried to burn police alive in the police precinct. So- <laughs> okay. So he said they're burning Bibles, and he says not what's next, but who's next. And they tried to burn police alive in the precinct, which we have seen some of those headlines, right? Um, police precinct goes up in flames. Uh-oh, it says pause. Did I pause it? Or did the video pause? I hope the video is still working. I pulled it up on a tablet here. Let me see. I'm going to type a comment. I'm just going to hit the keys. And hit enter. And just making sure that the... Okay, Jan Loco, let me know. Let me know if the Facebook Live is still uh, is still gosh darn working there. We need to expose this for what it is. It's from below, not from above. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose this to you. Uh, and... and... Okay, so this is another one of the three people on the panel that wants to ask him a question. 
this is not what I had planned for the segment, but I kind of want to see where he goes with this. I don't know what's about to happen. Maybe, maybe it'll be worth checking out. Maybe just skip to the next segment. You're, you're outstanding and dissecting it. And you can, you can dismantle it, take it apart, do as you please. But I'm, I'm going to present another angle on what you just described. Oh, shit. Because you spoke of the Jesus movement. You spoke of the 60s revival. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and America needs that. Yeah. Uh, Calvary chapels, as you know, were part of the Jesus movement. Chuck Smith looked out at a sea of humanity of, of all the burned out hippies who, much like you and your youth, had experimented with drugs and psychedelic drugs and heroin yeah. and Eastern religions. Where's he going? And in 68, when Chuck started the Calvary Chapel movement mm-hmm. in California, oh. Ronald Reagan was governor. Okay. We had the fifth largest GDP. I was born here in 64. My father was born here, grandfather. Wait, hold up. Um, yes, skippity-bop indeed. Um, isn't California still the fifth largest economy on the planet? That hasn't stopped. <laughs> but he has to use past tense. We had because it was St. Reagan, Reagan, which I think that was the administration I was born into in uh, 1983. I mean, I was born into Reagan. And then um, George Herbert Walker Bush got in, and George Herbert Walker Bush responded to the crack epidemic the way he did with um, with political stunts. Oh, no, my Facebook Live has ended. Okay, so my Facebook Live ended, so I'll just, um, I will wrap up the podcast on this. Um, be, and I think this is relevant because of uh, uh, Ice Cube getting a bunch of unnecessary headlines and... Um, Herbert Walker Bush meets, meets with Eazy-E and doesn't do shit about the crack epidemic, but actually um, his folks, Joe Biden being one of his folks, they try to push the 91 crime bill. And then Bill Clinton gets in and he comes in playing saxophone for the Negroes and LL Cool J performs at his inauguration and crack, crack epidemic stays the same and they get the crime bill through by jamming in the Violence Against Women Act so that they can get those loudmouth, unruly Jews like Bernie Sanders to vote for it as well, right? And, um, excuse me. And then from there, you go into uh, regular George Bush, and he just ain't about shit. (laughs) But then you have um, Obama, and he's uh, using Jay-Z's name to campaign and whatnot, and you still don't get shit. And then you get Trump, and he's meeting with Kanye West, and shit is still the same. And they always release this infinitesimal amount of prisoners. And it's like, no, you need to abolish police, go back over what everyone did, and really figure out this shit with these inmates. Because a big problem is these inmates may have actually been dangerous folks. But then also putting folks into prison, you're taking what are probably regular folks and making them dangerous. And I won't even say folks that made a mistake. Smoking a joint ain't making a mistake. Selling some drugs ain't making a mistake. That's engaging in capitalism. Like, that ain't no damn making a fucking mistake. So those things need to be gone over. But that most likely won't happen. Climate change is going to swoop through and wrap this thing up. Essentially, the West Coast is on fire. All right, done with the riz anting. Um, 
Hopefully, uh, Phoenix Kalita and I can do a um, wine cellar uh, book club together a wee bit later. We'll see what happens with that. But for now, please, Father Muckers, be as safe as possible wherever you are. And of course, there's patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund, paypal.me slash Phoenix and William. Phoenix has the cash app, dollar sign Phoenix Kalita, and there's the Venmo at wine cellar media. I'm getting to a point where I kind of don't want to... I, I need to just load that shit into a bumper and just play the things to support in the bumper and so I can stop doing the whole screed. Ugh, my throat hurts. Hopefully we have time to come back with Book Club before the end of the day. If not, we're Book Club and tomorrow. Good, good, good. Mm.